I realize that this is something that so many people do not want to hear. Come to Christ and your life will be great. That has been the message of seeker friendly churches. But many seeker friendly churches fail to deliver on the true message of following Christ. Those who follow Christ, Paul said, will suffer persecution. Yet Paul here in our text was willing to boast in this way if it would help him defend the gospel which he preached to the Corinthians. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Back in January 2nd of 1956, Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, and three other missionary friends were deep in the jungles of Ecuador. They were setting up camp in a territory that was known for the tribe there as being very dangerous and hostile to those who visited there. Their hope was to reach this tribe with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that hope for Jim and Nate and their friends was never realized because on that same day, they were killed by the Aucas tribe. They have a different name today. Yet six plus years earlier, Jim had written in his journal these words. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He is no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And that is spiritual implications totally there. Less than two years later, Elizabeth Elliott, along with her daughter, Rachel Saint, they were able to move in with the Alcas tribe. And that tribe, many of them came to faith in Jesus Christ. Suffering for Christ has been a long-running standard for many who have followed the Lord's great commission to go, therefore, into all nations. As I mentioned last week, Paul's authority had been questioned because false apostles had come into Corinth and they had challenged his ministry, actually defamed his ministry. Therefore, Paul takes chapters 10 through 13 to defend his role in the Lord's church and in no other epistle does Paul present the multitude of his personal sufferings as he does here 
in 2 Corinthians, especially chapters 11 and 12. Today we're going to see chapter 11. I titled this Paul's Sufferings for Christ. And we're going to see in verses 1 through 6, a different gospel. Verses 7 through 15, false apostles. And 16 through 33, a little boasting. I want to go ahead and read the first two verses and ask the Lord to bless the teaching of his word. Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed, you do bear with me, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. And Father, we pray that you would bless the teaching of your word this morning. Lord, open our hearts, open our eyes, open our intellect, open our spirits, Lord, to that which you would have for us this day. Lord, we read this account from Paul's life. It truly is challenging for modern day Christians. But Lord, I know that there are those who are bold in faith. They're willing to suffer for you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk in the steps of those who have went before us, those, Lord, today who are willing to suffer. Lord, I pray that you would help us to have such boldness and such faith. Teach us now, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So Paul was reluctant to boast about his sufferings. He really didn't want to talk about it. But as I said, and we see it in this epistle, but also in 1 Corinthians as well, his ministry had been challenged. They were asking Paul at this point, he was the one who had founded the church with his missionary team there in Corinth. And now the church in Corinth, apparently they were asking Paul, do you have letters of recommendation that you could show us that you really and truly are an apostle of Christ? And he said earlier in this epistle that you guys are my letter of recommendation. It's been written on your hearts. You know that through this ministry, you yourselves, you have come to faith. And so he really didn't like to boast about those things that he had suffered, though we will see here in chapter 11, he suffered a lot. He referred to it as a little folly. I'm just going to go down this trail a little folly for you guys this is because he understood that true apostles of Jesus Christ they would suffer persecution to this they had been called second timothy 3:12 paul would say yes and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution i realize that this is something that so many people do not want to hear, come to Christ and your life will be great. That has been the message of seeker friendly churches. But many seeker friendly churches fail to deliver on the true message of following Christ. Those who follow Christ, Paul said, will suffer persecution. Yet Paul here in our text was willing to boast in this way if it would help him defend the gospel which he preached to the Corinthians. He said, I am jealous over you. I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. This Greek word for two different Greek words, a variation of the same word actually is used here. It speaks about having a zeal 
or a jealousy, but here in a good sense, he says it's a godly jealousy. For Paul, as the father of the Corinthian believers, he watched over them as his own virgin daughter that he had espoused to Christ. And he wanted to present his bride, the Corinthian church, actually the Lord's bride. He wanted to present them to the Lord pure, purified by the blood of the Lamb. The work of Jesus Christ in our lives, it brings us to this place of fellowship that we are able to walk in fellowship with Christ and with others. Yet Paul, he feared for the Corinthians because the Judaizers or the Gnostics, the false apostles, the false brothers who had actually come into Corinth after him, they preached to them another gospel, another Jesus. As he said in verses three and four, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. Here Paul reveals to us that the Corinthians had allowed the simplicity of the gospel, the truth of the gospel message of Jesus Christ to become complicated by a number of things, by false teachers who came into their midst, by those who had taught rather tradition than the true gospel of Jesus Christ. They had taught things that actually would supersede or nullify the very word of God. And they had begun to complicate the simplicity of the gospel that had once been given to them through the teaching of the word of God. Paul had declared the gospel of Jesus Christ to the brothers and sisters there in Corinth, not by walking in craftiness or by renouncing the hidden things he said of shame, Actually, he said, we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not by walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitfully, but they gave the truth of God to them, commending themselves not only in the sight of man, but to God themselves. Paul's enemies had preached another Jesus. They had preached having different spirits, a different gospel. And the sad thing is that the Corinthian believers began to believe these things, whether they were Judaizers or Gnostics or just the traditions of men that had crept into the church. All these various doctrines were different gospels which could never save. And that's the problem here in the 21st century as well. Oftentimes we try to so relate to the world that we get away from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and we get into areas that can never result in salvation. They may be able to help people live a better life. 
but it would merely be a better life that does not bring about salvation. Now, we do want to help people live a better life. We believe that that begins through faith in Jesus Christ, by surrendering our lives to his, by receiving him as our Lord and Savior. Sadly, there are many churches today that are guilty of preaching another Jesus, having different spirits and a different gospel. Paul would say to the church there in Galatians 1.9, as we have said before, so now we say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. If anyone comes preaching another gospel, another Jesus, having a different spirit, let him be accursed. The word is anathema. It, it is basically be cursed to hell. If they preach any other gospel, and we sadly live in a world where there are many preaching different gospels, having different spirits, preaching another Jesus. Then that what the Bible teaches us about. But Paul didn't consider himself as inferior. In verses five and six, we continue. He says, for I consider that I am not at all inferior to the most eminent apostles, even though I am untrained in speech, yet I am not in knowledge. But we have been thoroughly made manifest among you in all things. So there were apparently some men who were of renown among the churches that day, those who well, Paul described them as having different spirits, preaching another Jesus, having a different gospel, and yet they were gaining a following. We've seen this ourselves in the 20th and 21st centuries, especially with radio and then television and now the Internet. There are false teachers, false apostles that gain quite a following, but they have strayed far from the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul said, I may not be a professional speaker, but I do know the word of God. And that which I have spoken to you is the truth of God. Paul's ministry had changed their lives because he came preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He came in weakness and in fear and in trembling, and he came preaching Christ Jesus and him crucified. And it changed the citizens of Corinth, a city that was known for their worldliness. If you wanted to talk today in the United States, if you talk about a city in the United States that really pictures worldliness and the lust of the flesh, we think of Las Vegas, right? We would immediately think of that. That is what Corinth was in Paul's day. It was a city that had given themselves over to the lust of the flesh and that of the world. And the gospel of Jesus Christ changed the hearts of the people. One of the Calvary Chapel pastors I heard once talking about doing ministry in Las Vegas, where his church was planted. He said, actually, if you can get past all the garbage that we have in Las Vegas, he said, personally, he goes, all I do is kind of shield my eyes and go from my house to the church, protect myself in the commutes. But he says, when people come to our church, 
they already know they need Jesus. They had already seen the depravity of the world. When they come into our church, they just, they're ready to receive because they've already hit bottom. They know what bottom looks like. We might be able to look at Corinth like this. Paul came to a city that had given themselves up to over to the worldly vices, and yet he preached Christ Jesus in weakness, in fear, and in trembling. He preached Christ and him crucified, and the city was changed as a result of that. In Romans 1, 16 and 17, Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek. It may be that we would hold fast to the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we would not get it confused with those who have changed the message, having different spirits, teaching a different Jesus and having a different gospel. As we go on, we learn about the false apostles in verses 7 through 15. We begin in verses 7 through 11, where Paul says, Did I commit sin in abasing myself that you might be exalted? Because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge. I robbed other churches, taking wages from them to minister to you. And when I was present with you, and in need, I was a burden to no one. For what was lacking to me, the brethren who came from Macedonia supplied. And in everything, I kept myself from being burdensome to you. And so I will keep myself as the truth of Christ is in me. No one shall stop me from boasting in the regions of Acacia. Why? Because I do not love you. God knows. So Paul, when he came to Corinth, he preached the gospel to them free of charge. As an apostle, a missionary of Jesus Christ, Paul had developed this custom of preaching the gospel free of charge when he went into new areas. He did not want to be a burden to them. He just wanted to present the gospel of Jesus Christ freely to the people. Now, this is interesting because when Jesus sent his disciples forth, he did not send them in this fashion. In fact, Jesus, when he was with his disciples and sent them out two by two on a short term missionary trip there in Matthew chapter 10, we learned that Jesus instructed his disciples to take nothing with them for the journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not even have two tunics or coats. Can you imagine setting out on a trip, taking not taking any stuff, extra stuff with you, not having that for them, an extra staff, a, a bag, bread, food, money, an extra jacket. It would be a challenge indeed. And truly, Jesus had called his followers to walk by faith. And that's what he was teaching his disciples to do at that time. Even though he sent them out, to not have the supplies needed to minister to the towns and villages that they would be coming to. Because if we continue in that chapter, we learn that as they came into a region, as someone hosted them in the home, they were to stay with that person 
the entire time that they were there to be provided for there in that city. Yet by this time, false apostles, false evangelists and preachers and teachers had begun making their circuits to really pray off of the Lord's church. I want to make sure you understand what I'm saying. Pray, P-R-E-Y, not pray, P-R-A-Y. Instead of feeding the flock of God, they were wanting to fleece the flock of God. These false teachers were motivated by covetousness. They were desiring to exploit their hearers, wanting not only to fleece the flock, but to have influence over the people's lives. In Philippians 3, 18 and 19, we learn, For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now I tell you with weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. To this day, we see that there are those who have their minds set on earthly things. They also have come in to prey upon the people of Christ, to fleece the flock of God, rather than to feed the flock of God. Yet this was not the heart of Paul. He desired to truly feed the flock of God. Therefore, he raised his support for his missionary work from outside the churches where he was ministering at. He would raise the support from other churches. The Apostle Paul actually taught the church of the 18th, 19th, 20th, now the 21st century, how to support those who are in the mission field, how we can help others to those who are willing to go. There are those that hang back and they are willing to lift up those individuals to the Lord to pray for them, that God would bless their ministry and also to support their ministry financially, that the missionaries will be able to go into different regions throughout our world that they might minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul did not want himself nor his missionary team to be a burden to those that they were ministering to. If the other churches lacked in their support, then Paul and his team would work with their own hands. Paul set an example of service, of servanthood in the churches where he ministered. And it appears that Paul's enemies actually had told the Corinthians the reason that Paul did not accept their money is because he really doesn't love you guys. That's why he doesn't want your support. The enemies of the gospel actually conned the people thinking that because they were taking their money, they actually loved them more than Paul who refused to be a burden to them. And yet Paul did what he did because of his great love for the Corinthian believers. He said, God knows my love is true. Jesus said in John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Now, Jesus did this literally when he went to the cross. But Paul became a great example of that as well in the many things that he had suffered, which he continues to 
speak about. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are with us. And that is your promise. So I pray, Lord, for those who perhaps they have never asked you into their hearts. They believe, yes, that there is a God. And now they want to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. I pray, Jesus, that as they pray to you this very hour, as they reach out to you through their prayers in their hearts, confessing their sin and seeking your face, Lord, may they receive that gift of salvation that you have promised us. For those, Lord, who perhaps have wandered away from the faith in this hour, Lord, they just want to rededicate their life to you. I pray, Lord, that you would hear their prayer. I know that you will because you've promised that you are with us. And help us, Lord, who are striving to walk in faith. Lord, help us to grow and help us to go. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that to this day, you are with us, your church. Help us, Lord, to be your witnesses, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.